national outlet reported yesterday that the Pirates are aiming to add two starting pitchers. Another national outlet reported yesterday that the Pirates are aiming higher than they did last year with the caliber of free agent that they signed. Big scoops, huh? Haven't been hearing that here in Pittsburgh for months now. But hey, that's kind of how the media business goes. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. If you've been listening to this program or you've been reading DK Pittsburgh Sports, you've known for a very long time that Ben Charrington's shopping list consists of not only the two starting pitchers, but also a first baseman. There was no news broken yesterday, to say the least. You've also known that they're aiming higher in 2024, and you've known that from either listening to this program or reading DK Pittsburgh Sports for more than a year now, back when I let everybody know that 2023 was going to be a great big punt because they were just looking forward to 2024 all along. The question that remains, and if somebody wants a real scoop, they can go chase this one down. How high? What would be considered too high an objective? And to what extent does management really believe that 2024 is it? Or how do they even define it? I have a feeling that when you and I think about it, we think about, boom, contention. Right? It stands to reason. Because it's been a long time. And this will be year five of this management. Contention seems like, you know, that'd be okay by everybody. But can you realistically forecast, much less build into the concept of contention, if you aren't there yet? Forget win totals. Everybody gets lazy and reduces these things to win total arguments. The Pirates just improved by 14 games over the previous season. Big whoop. The previous season was an epic catastrophe. It's nice to improve. It's nice to go in the right direction for once instead of the wrong direction. But it doesn't mean that, yeah, you can do 14 games just by, you know, adding the same types of players. That's why they're looking for a higher grade. And that's also why I strongly suspect that every time I mention on this show that the Pirates are going to try to bring Carlos Santana back and that Santana wants to come back and that I'm actually in favor of that, everybody wants to bite my head off because that was what was done last offseason. This season should be about shooting higher. Well, the first basemen, plural, that are out there aren't really a whole lot higher of a bar than Santana. The difference is Santana really wants to play in Pittsburgh, and he's going to do so, if he signs, for nowhere near as much money, which would theoretically free you up to sign both more and better pitchers, which then takes... The question that I'm asking is the theme today to just the pitching, meaning how high is Charrington going to aim? How high should he aim 
as it relates to the pitching. We've been over who they have. We've been over who they've got coming. If you're going to sign two starting pitchers, and they're going to be impact guys, they're not going to be roster filler. And when I say that, my own definition of that is at least in a normal rotation, not in Pittsburgh's rotation, but in a normal one, a good one, that's got a lot of depth, a lot of talent. They should be, ooh, you're not going to like this, but they should be a four at the worst. I don't have a problem with adding two fours to this group because as I see it, there are a couple of ones already in the house. I believe that strongly in Mitch Keller, and you'd be nuts to not believe in Paul Skeens. So if you can cobble together one, just one other pitcher out of all these pitchers that Oscar Marine has turned into soft tossers, if you can just get one of them to throw hard again, you'd have something. With a couple of fours, you'd actually have a really nice, steady, reliable, uh, chasm-free rotation. Meaning you don't have that one guy that just every time he takes the mound, you go, oh, God, no, not him. Here's an instant L. That's what you don't need. That's what you can't have emerging from Bradenton. So Is shooting high a couple of fours? Is shooting high a really high a couple of threes? And is it doable? I would argue that from a purely financial standpoint, that it is. But you've got to have a sell job and a half because once you start getting into those even mid to upper range starting pitchers, people are going to outbid you. And that player's agent is going to know that someone else can outbid you. So you've got to have something else that you can sell. You obviously can't sell Marine. There are teams that do that. The Pirates have done it in the past. You want to come and pitch for Ray Searage whenever Ray was turning guys around? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Heard all kinds of great things about him. Just give me a fair price and I'm there. You can't do that anymore. Who would want to pitch for a guy who steals your velocity? You know what I mean? So I'll, I'll stay realistic here. I'll say a couple of fours. Give me a couple of fours. And then from there, because these guys are a lot cheaper and you can throw a whole bunch of them against the wall and see who sticks, get me a bunch of really good candidates for back end or middle relief. I'm being completely serious when I say this. The Pirates already have the hardest part of the bullpen down. They've got their closer. They've got one of the best closers in the game in David Bednar. They've got their setup guy, one of the best in baseball in 2023, quietly, in Colin Holderman. Get a few more of those guys, shorten the games, make them six-inning ball. Do some of that, spend it wisely, but spend it aggressively and go at it. Set the bar somewhere high, but not so high that you just swing and miss and swing and miss and swing and miss. And by the time you realize, uh uh-oh, we haven't gotten anybody, even the threes and the fours are gone. Can't do that either. When we come back, J1Q. 
This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Alan, who says, DK, before PNC Park was built, one of the points being made by Kevin McClatchy at the time was that having a new stadium would generate a lot more revenue than what Three River Stadium did. And as a result, the Pirates could compete financially with the usual suspects. How quickly did that notion prove false? For anybody who missed yesterday's episode, Alan's responding to a a longer discussion that we had on this subject and others related to money. And my answer to you, Alan, is that it it never needed to be proven false. It was false the moment it was uttered. Anyone, certainly someone who was an active, intelligent member of the Major League Baseball ownership community, would know where payrolls were heading, would know how imbalanced it was all about to become, and would know that the Pirates were not ever in a non-salary cap system, going to be equipped to compete with the big boys in terms of cash. It just, it's just, it's not a matter of being cheap. It's just that it isn't there. The revenue isn't there. Now, if you go by, there's a thing called ticket tension. That's something a sports executive in another sport once told me about. It's apparently, it's a, term that's used really commonly in that world, where if you have a smaller venue or you have a venue where the demand is greater than the number of tickets that are available, you create what they refer to as ticket tension. And that manifests itself ultimately into people buying more season tickets because they're afraid to miss out. FOMO, as the cool kids call it, fear of missing out. And if you sell X number or X percentage of your seats on season tickets, you're in business. You're in great shape on so many different fronts, including your ability to staff the stadium properly, to sell other merchandise, to sell food, beer, whatever. Everything just kind of rides on autopilot. The Pirates blew that by producing a lousy baseball team in 2001. They eliminated their ability to start off the first few years of the ballpark with legitimate ticket tension, having what at the time 
was the second smallest stadium in the majors. Only Fenway was smaller. So it was supposed to work like that. Because from there, the next thing you do with ticket tension is what? Think about it from the business perspective. Yeah, you raise prices. You, you jack them up. You say, hey, that was nice for the first year and thanks for your support, but we got all these good baseball players to pay. Well, they didn't. They didn't. They stunk. And yes, for those of you who are into exact history and are, are editing me right now on this, listening to this, I am aware that there were some key pitching injuries entering that season, notably to Francisco Cordova and others, and that the team never really had a chance to get going. But it happened. And once that train leaves the station, there's no bringing it back. You never have the feel again as a Pittsburgher that it's hard to get into that stadium. That even applied from 2013 to 2015. The Pirates had those three wonderful seasons. They had the blackout. They had the, you know, massively generational emotional moment. And yet the instant that the team fell off, so did attendance because you lost that urgency. You lost that ticket tension. So could they have pulled this off to try to answer your question? Yes. Can they pull it off at any point after that? It'll be really, really, really hard. And it'll take some significant superstar level talent to change it. And I'm not holding my breath on that front. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates today, all week long, all off season. Believe it or not, this thing is going to run right through the entire year. 